Is it even possible to be productive at home? What does that look like? How does that feel? Hi, I'm Misty Winkler, and you're listening to the Simply Convivial Podcast. Where do we even get a sense of feeling successful, of feeling good at our job as homemakers? If we've bought into the magazine version of a successful, beautiful, organized home, we are all the more likely to feel defeated and discouraged. But what if the purpose of our home and our homemaking was not having an organized home that's always clean, but using our lives and our homes as a means of abounding in the work of the Lord. How would that shift our perspective? Let's think about that today as we dig into God's picture of productivity. Now, if we think about using our homes and our lives to abound in the works of the Lord, we might start feeling defeated again because the picture that we come up with is unreasonable. We imagine great works of charity and mercy that just don't seem to quite fit in our humdrum days. But let's switch the metaphor. Let's align our imaginations. The metaphor that God uses in scripture for the good works that he has called us to do is fruit. He calls us trees. Fruitfulness as a metaphor directs not only our motivation and our productivity, but also our attitudes. Not every single piece of fruit on a tree has to be amazing for the tree to be productive and plentiful. Even some of the good fruit falls to the ground unnoticed and unused. It might look like it was wasted to our eyes, but this is one way that God provides food for the birds and other creatures. When we are the fruitful tree, we don't have to be the harvester or the warehouser or the chef concerned about how each piece of fruit is used after it's produced. We aren't more fruitful if more of our fruit is used to make pies instead of juice. God's the harvester, the field manager, and the chef. We are his orchard. When I was a young wife and mother, I read all the organization books, all the productivity books, all the godly family living books. I learned a lot and a lot of it was good, but it took me about 10 years of trying to put it all into practice before I finally realized that I was never going to actually achieve what I had assumed I was supposed to achieve if I learned just the right habits. And of course, if I did them all the time. I thought that I would set up my house and my housekeeping systematically and it would just run like clockwork. So after a few months of existential crisis, arguing to myself in my own head about why housework was entirely pointless, 
I came to the end at last of my argumentative rope. At one point, I finally bowed the knee and prayed, okay, fine. (laughs) If this is really the way that you've set things up, I'll go with it. I'm just missing something that you've got figured out and I don't. I'll do the work and I'll never achieve anything if that's your plan. Fine. (laughs) Even after a little bit of petulant repenting, rejoicing can follow. Giving up our own ideas of what we're doing, of what we're about, of what we're achieving is often the first step to seeing real organization. Organization that begins in the heart. Having a heart rightly ordered to our creator and our Lord. The blessed state is not a state of a perfectly clean and orderly house every minute of the day. The blessed state is the state of repentance and obedience, from which rejoicing and gratitude flow. The siren call of organization is that if we just get our act together, then we can make our life go our way. We can make life easy on ourselves. We can be in control. But that's a lie. Real, true, God-honoring organization is about being always ready to serve as needed. Being always ready is first an attitude, a mindset, a heart thing, and only secondarily, a preparedness with the material resources that we use to serve others. Many years ago, as I drove back home after dropping my older kids off at swim team, I thought about how good it was for them to have to get up and go and do something that they didn't really feel like doing in the moment because they committed to it and because in the end, they did like it. When I got home, it hit me. If that's a good thing, then it might be a good thing for me too. The day was supposed to be a run day on my exercise plan, but I didn't want to. I did want the fruit of having run, the extra energy, the expanded lungs, the stronger muscles, but I didn't want to do the running. It's so annoying when parenting backfires on us like that, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) But it turns out that we need the character training just as much or more than the kids do. It's good for us to get up, not only in the morning, but at any point in the day from our chairs and doing something worthwhile when we don't feel like doing it in the moment. Of course, one of the fruit that God works in us, one of the fruit of the Spirit is patience. And we often think only of needing patience when we're tempted towards anger and frustration. But we also need patience for the work that pays off later. Patience is a part of perseverance. It's grown through practice by doing the work that is less pleasant at the time, but will later yield abundantly. Fruit on a tree doesn't appear overnight. It grows over time and then still needs more time to ripen. In the same way, our fruit 
isn't instantaneous in its development or in its worthiness. Patience as a fruit buds and develops when toddlers are spilling milk and breaking dishes and then walking right through that mess unaware. Patience helps us keep at teaching table manners and good habits for years after we thought we'd get that payoff of smooth and easy days. Patience doesn't look for a fully ripened fruit before it's time. It's willing to stick it out through a long growing season and not doubt that the ripening and the harvest will come. Every act of patience is a drop of sap growing that fruit. The fruit of the spirit is the fruit that we are growing. Our children are little baby trees of their own. They are not the fruit of our tree. We're in the same orchard together. But the fruit that we must be looking for is an increase of the fruit of the Spirit in our own lives. The consequences of growing those pieces of fruit will be the discipleship of our children, helping them do the same. But we can't disciple them into growing fruit that we ourselves are not growing also. We tend to think of productivity as being a laser-focused, outcome-based, high-achievement ability to do a lot of things. Fruitfulness shifts that imagery and, therefore, the expectations. A fruitful tree is messy. Its abundance goes every which way, every direction, branches reach outward. A fruitful tree is stationary, yet it has growth and movement. Typical modern productivity imagery feels more like a freight train powering forward on one straight path, and then productivity is the speed that that train can attain to get to its destination. Fruit, on the other hand, is seasonal. Fruitfulness has no destination that it will reach and then stop. Fruit trees require continual sunshine, pruning, fertilizer, water, growth. And it's the same with us. We don't power through so that we can get to where we want to be. And then we'll suddenly stop and have achieved our goal, reached that mountaintop like a freight train. We also don't just chug along like passenger trains who need the correct amount of fuel constantly applied. Sometimes we feel like that's what we're trying to figure out. We're trying to get the right kind and amount of fuel so that we can just keep a steady and constant speed along the single track of our life. But we're like trees, not trains. All our lives, we are watered and pruned by God. We never get to the point where we don't need to bring in new nutrients, where we don't need to be watered by the word and sacrament, where we don't need to be pruned and shaped by trial and testing for the purpose of bringing more and better glory to God through our fruitful obedience. All our lives, we go through season after season, visibly ripening fruit 
and then going through periods of dormancy as well. The bulk of a tree's productive energy goes not into the harvest, but into pouring reserves into many little, stunted, unripe fruit. We might want it to be all harvest all the time, but that's not how God has created reality. He is the Lord of the harvest, and we are his garden, his trees, pouring our energies into the fruit we've been called to produce, even though a lot of the time it doesn't look like much. You know, simply getting more done isn't what actually matters. We need to be doing the right things and focusing on what's important and not focusing on superficial results. We don't need to be fully functional machines cranking out widgets. We need to be well-watered trees producing abundant harvests of mature fruit in God's timing and not ours. How we think about our lives and our to-do list does matter. We need to reorient our thinking towards living fruitfully. If you feel like the work that you do each day is meaningless or worthless or unfulfilling, that is a problem that we can address. I mean, if it's true, if the work is meaningless or worthless, then why do it? But if that feeling is not true, how can we change our mindsets, our feelings, our perspectives about the work that God has given us to do? The best way to begin working through figuring out how you're thinking about something and how to change your thinking about something is a simple brain dump. Decluttering our head and getting our hearts and minds clear is the starting point. You can get started with this with my free brain dump guide. Writing it all down will help you reduce stress reduce frustration, and reduce anxiety just by writing it down. Get my free brain dump guide at simplyconvivial.com slash brain dump or find the link below. It will help you to repent, rejoice, repeat.